and welcome to Antioch Community Church Brighton's Rained Out Sunday Service. I want to say a big thank you to Bree Curley who did all of the legwork to make our outdoor service possible. I'm sorry that it had to be canceled for today. Now, I also want to say thank you to Marta Helsmortel, Renee Gonzalez, and Michaela Savell who worked with me in preparing this message uh, to help me discern what is God saying. Uh, they're people who, who really have a gift in the prophetic, and so I'm so thankful that they're able to help serve our church using their gift. Now, one of the things they highlighted as, as we, we were writing and talking about this passage today um, was as we talk about the transfiguration of Jesus, right? When his glory was shown, the disciples were asleep. They were asleep. And so in the midst of every crazy thing happening in the world, are we spiritually awake or spiritually asleep? Because the Bible says that Jesus will return to earth someday. And when he does, he's going to be full of this shining heavenly glory, just like he is in our passage today. And so our desire as followers of Jesus is to be awake waiting for the one that we love, awake, alert, spiritually prepared, and eager to see Jesus again. All right. Now, today, we are right in the middle of a series going through Luke chapter 8, chapter 9, and chapter 10. And these are the passages where Jesus is teaching his disciples to become apostles. So he's sending them out to do ministry. So this is heavy duty, working hard in ministry. And interspersed with the stories of being sent out and healing the sick are the stories we're looking at in our series. And they're stories that talk about going deep with Jesus. And why do they talk about that? Why is that the focus, deep with Jesus? Shouldn't the focus be on skills for ministry? No, Jesus knows that if they're going to be serving him out in the wild countryside of, of Galilee, what they really need is depth and connection with him. Because let me tell it to you straight up, guys. If you don't have depth with Jesus, you are not going to make it. Let's not even talk about being fruitful. You're not going to make it to the end of your journey if there is no depth of Jesus in your life. And uh, there are two ways critically, that we're going to pursue that. We're going to pursue it depth in the Word of God, and we're pursuing depth in the sacrificial living of a life given to Jesus, holding nothing back, a death to self. Now, today in our passage, uh, we're looking at the transfiguration. And if that sounds to you uh, strange, it, it, it always strikes me as like, you come into the emergency room and, and, and you've got something wrong with you, like, oh, I'm so sorry. We're going to have to do transfiguration. It is not, in fact, some terrible uh, medical procedure, although Bible scholars always come up with words that sound that way. Uh, transfiguration is when one thing is transformed completely into another thing. Or in this case, when one thing's heavenly glory is revealed by a, an apparent transformation. And that's what happens in our story today. All right. Uh, and before we get into it, I just want to talk one more time about this statement. If we don't go deep in Jesus, we will not make it to the end of our journey. And just like uh, the seeds that were that were choked out by the thorns, eaten by the birds, 
and burned up by the sun, there are a lot of ways to not make it on your journey. And when I was a young missionary in North Africa, I was mentored and discipled by a man named Marcos. And so discipleship at that time was just following him everywhere while he did ministry. It was just like Jesus and the disciples. And, um, and together, he and I led this young man to Christ. And, and, we, and we gathered together with him for his first ever discipleship time. And uh, we sit in, in the front seat of Mark's car and we're listening to this local language worship music. And he's just like, um, you know, connecting with God in these songs. And it's just, it was just an awesome spiritual moment. And after that, what's the first passage we look at? Well, we look at the four soils, right? The same passage from our series. And in the four soils, we talk about what happens when you really don't have a deep root in Christ. And you get burned up, you get choked out, and the devil comes and eats you for lunch. And Mark turns to him and says, hey, I really care about you. And so I want you to know that if you don't have depth in Christ and a life that bears fruit, you are not going to make it. And he wasn't saying it to threaten him or saying it to challenge him or saying it to motivate him in some weird way. The, the heart of it was, I want you to make it and I care about you. You've got to be this kind of soil if you're going to last. Because at the end of the day, all three of us in that car knew that this young man was going to experience rejection and persecution and be hated by his friends and neighbors and his family. We've got to be deep if we're going to make it on the journey with Jesus. It was true for him, and it's true in Boston. Like, I don't care how easy you think it is to follow Jesus here. If there's no depth in your life, I'm sorry. I've got nothing good for you. All right, now let's get into something great in the Bible. I'm going to read our text today. This is from Luke chapter 9, 28 through 36. It says, After eight days, uh, after Jesus' previous message, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up on a mountain to pray. That's what Jesus was always doing. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Now check this out. It says, Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor, talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment in Jerusalem. Peter and his companions, they wake, they were asleep, and when they became fully awake, they saw his glory. And when they saw the two men standing there, uh, as the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. Yeah, no kidding. A voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son, whom I have chosen. Listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves and did not tell anyone at that time what they had seen. So I'm going to pull a couple pieces out of this to bring some more understanding to it. Why did Moses and Elijah appear? Well, number one, Moses and Elijah represent the law. Moses was the lawgiver, and Elijah represents the prophets. 
And so between the two of them, we can imagine Jesus in dialogue with everything that happens in the Old Testament, the law and the prophets. And so it's a confirmation and an encouragement for the ministry of Jesus. And why does Jesus need encouragement? Because this chapter, chapter 9, is when Jesus stops wandering around in Galilee and begins turning his face to Jerusalem, where he's going to die for sins. And the next thing. It says that they woke up and saw his glory, right? And if there was ever a time to just drop everything and worship Jesus, this was it. But Peter kind of misses the moment, doesn't he? I mean, he's just like us, right? Because he feels insecure unless he's taking some kind of action in a ministry space. Because he wasn't really fully awake This was a moment to behold the glory of Jesus and to do what this voice from the cloud says. Because that's the good part, right? It says this cloud envelops them. And what's the deal with the cloud? Throughout the Old Testament, this cloud represents the presence of God, the holy presence of the living God with people. Shekinah is the word for that cloud. It's a great baby name. Lots of children about to get named in this church. Shekinah. Think about it. It was the glory of God in the cloud. And what was the message, right? What was the message of this glory cloud? God's voice speaks over Jesus multiple times, and it's always the same thing. It's the fatherly message of God. Listen to what it says. This is my son that I love. This is my son that I've chosen. This is my beloved son. And what is the message here? Listen to him. Listen to him. I mean, it's so simple. It's so simple. Listen. Just listen to him. Don't build me a shelter. I mean, the Bible specifically says the shelter thing was a dumb plan. This was a moment to stop what you are doing and give your attention to Jesus. Listen. Listen to my son. Because isn't that what depth with Jesus really looks like? Just to listen. To do what he says, just to listen and give our attention to Jesus. And there's a great deal of activity required to run a church. There's a great deal of activity required to run your life. But the voice from the cloud of glory said to the disciples, listen to him. And if we want to go deep in Jesus, it's not a life of frantic activity. It's a life of giving our attention to the glory of Jesus and listening to what he says. And I can remember when I was a new Christian, like just brand new, still in the fresh packaging Christian. And I I would be trying to pray. I'd be like, God, uh, you know, what's this deal? So-and-so doesn't like me. I'm frustrated. And then my phone would ring. I'd just gotten a cell phone. My phone would ring and I'd take it out and be like, God. And you know, like God never did call me on my cell phone. But here's the thing. Are we expectant? that God will speak to us. Now, God doesn't call people on their cell phone that I'm aware of. Maybe God's doing that somewhere. But God does, by the Holy Spirit, promise 
that he will reveal the truth about Jesus to our heart. That was the promise of Jesus about the Holy Spirit who's with us right now in this field, in this room. Revealing Jesus. And so like there's some part of us, right, that wants to say, no, 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 I'm not right there on the mountain with these three guys. No, no, I'm 2,000 years later. I'm a hyper-rational postmodern person. I don't need to deal with this. And I'm here to tell you, you do need to deal with this. Because Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit would reveal the glory of Christ to us. Could you take him at his word? Do you think he wants to reveal the glory of Jesus to us right now? Because the, the transfiguration wasn't about teaching. It wasn't about information. It wasn't even about implementation. It wasn't even about mission. It was about beholding the glory of Jesus and one simple command. Listen. Listen to him. And have you ever wished for an experience like this? You might be someone who always reads stuff like this in the Bible and you're like, no thanks. But I'll bet there's some part of you that hears this story and says, I want to see something like that. And I can't promise you that God will reveal Jesus to you in this way. But I can promise you that God will reveal Jesus to you in some way. It's consistent with the nature of God. It's consistent with his character that he'll do it. But I don't believe that he'll do it if you take a hyper-rational approach that says only what I understand, only what makes sense to me, only what is tangible, only what is informational. Because I, I believe that Jesus is revealed to us by the Holy Spirit in encounters like this one. I mean, just this week, I was sitting at my coffee table reading this passage and saying, God, how does this work? And I was, I just, I just, I wound up bawling at my kitchen table in the presence of God, just, just with Jesus being revealed to my heart. I didn't see a glowing person on a mountain, but Jesus was revealed in my heart by the Holy Spirit as I sat there with God. And that's available to all of us right now. So wherever you are, we're going to do that thing that church people do, where I'm going to give you a prayer to pray. You can pray it however you want. You can choose not to pray it, but that's not what I'd recommend. We're going to ask God to reveal himself to us. And we're going to open ourselves up. We're not just going to say it like the Pledge of Allegiance when you were in elementary school. We're going to really pray it as a prayer of faith. Does that make sense? Not just words, but a statement that comes from real faith in our heart. Are you tracking with me? All right, let's do this. All right, Jesus, I believe that you are nearer than I feel like you are right now. Father, I set aside all of my preconceptions. I open myself to you. I want to see your glory. Moses prayed that prayer. He said, Lord, show me your glory. Jesus, I want to see your glory. 
I want to see your glory. If I don't have an understanding of how glorious you are, I don't know if I'm going to make it, God, to the end of this road. Would you show me your glory today? I want to see your glory. And now we're going to do the other thing. The second thing. We're just going to listen. It might not be that quiet where you are. I want you to just sit for a minute. Listen. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. I want to invite you, you can pause this video and remain as long as you want on that mountaintop with Jesus or wherever you are. The Holy Spirit was poured out. He was never taken back up. Right now, we're in the presence of God as much as we have faith for. Thank you, Lord God. Reveal Jesus to us as a church. We're desperate to be deep in him. God, help us to listen. We just want to listen to the one you chose, your son that you sent, God. We just want to listen to him. Amen. Have a great day. Yeah.